This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Hey everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Inside China Tech. I'm Zanzu, a technology reporter with the South China Morning Post, and today we have two guests on the show. With me today is Edith Yong, a VC who runs a blockchain fund, Proof of Capital, as well as Meng Jing, who is calling in from Beijing. So Meng Jing is my colleague on the technology desk, and she's just authored this awesome story that we have on SCMP Tech this week about Chinese students and you know the kind of problems that they're facing when it comes to getting visas in the U.S., whether it is for study or for work. Yeah, so Meng Jing recently wrote a story about how Chinese students now are facing tighter visa controls in the U.S. because of all of these, you know, U.S.-China trade tensions. So Meng Jing, do you want to share with us, you know, what were some of your observations recently when you were in the U.S. interviewing Chinese students? Yes, I, I went to Boston to cover a forum. And during the trip, I had a chance to interview some uh, Ivy League u- university students. And uh, all of them are, uh, of course, Chinese students. And uh, they all majored in uh, in the STEM fields, which stand for science, technology, engineering, and uh, uh, mathematics. And uh, those are really uh basically some of the world's best students, but they are having a lot of trouble in the U.S. It's just, uh, it's because, you know, the trade, the ongoing trade tension between the U.S. and the China, uh, since I think last year, last summer, they have been uh, encountering a lot of visa difficulties. And the Trump administration has uh, rolled back a five-year visa policy, uh, which means a lot of the, you know, those students have to renew their visa in China uh, for uh, once every year. So, and, and also they have been uh, encountering a lot of uh, so-called administrative processing. And uh, there's basically, uh, they need to wait a lot of, uh, wait for a long time for them to, in, to, to get their visa. And uh, this kind of thing, basically make them put their career and uh, academic study in at, at risk because a lot of people uh, worry that once they step out of the U.S. and they go to China to re, uh, renew their visa, they may face a risk of not being allowed into the U.S. Uh, again. So one of the PhD students I interviewed, he, he basically haven't returned back to China for for two years, and uh, because uh, he worried that this could jeopardize his career, uh, p- potential career in the U.S. Um, yeah, that's quite interesting to hear because you know in, in the U.S. there there is a lot of Chinese talent in terms of whether it's students or whether it's tech workers, a lot of Chinese engineers or Chinese sort of technology specialists do want to work in the U.S. So, Edith, uh, what is your experience or what are your observations, you know, with this recent situation? Well, 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 just just to start, you know, historically, it's always been tough for a Chinese student or Chinese engineer to get visa to to the U.S. Um, the most famous story is recently the Zoom IPO. Um, the mm-hmm. founder and CEO, Eric Yuan, was rejected eight times <laughs> for his U.S. visa. So this is definitely not, not new news per se. 
Um, but I have to say, you know, being somebody actually also have gone through this whole process. Um, I actually started as an exchange student um, in, from Hong Kong to the U.S. Uh, with a visa called J-1 visa, which is an exchange student visa. And after I officially got accepted to a university in the U.S., uh, I switched my uh, visa status to what they call F-1 visa. And most of the student, um, not just for Chinese, like all the international students usually hold the F-1 visa um, until they graduate from university. And after you've done university, uh, they usually give you a op- uh, what they call OPT, optional practical training for one year. And that usually is the golden opportunities for a lot of the graduate, you know, Harvard, Yale, or any university uh, student to get the chance to really sort of experience. And of- obviously my, my own journey was, you know, after I graduated from Purdue University, um, my first job was in Silicon Valley. So using the OPT training, I can sort of delay for applying for what they call H-1B visa, which is the worker visa. Um, that in my experience, I actually got two terms of the H-1B visa, which is a three-year three H. And you know, like it's, it's definitely, I remember the, just felt like I was really stuck. Um, my my legal status staying in the U.S. is tied to the company, and if if I did something wrong and you know that particular tech companies decide to fire me, I really can't even stay um, in 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 the U.S. So it's definitely really daunting, feeling like you don't have control of your own destiny, and somebody else pretty much drive where you could stay or not, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, so it sounds like just traditionally this the, the US process has always been like complex, especially for international students or, you know, immigrants who are trying to, to work in the US. But right now, do you feel or do, do you observe that it's being compounded by, you know, what's happening and, you know, with like the visa situations currently? Is it, is it much worse? Um, I, I think always been pretty bad mm. and is even worse now with... Uh, Mr. Trump and, and and also like the the problem definitely have magnified even more. If you think about it, right? I, I spent many many years in Silicon Valley, and if you look at you know Satya, which is the CEO of Microsoft, or uh, Sunda, who who is like the CEO of a uh, Google, all these guys are immigrant. If you think about it, right? Google is created by you know, the, the the sons of immigrants. So, so in many ways, Silicon Valley, you will see many many Chinese, many many Indians. Is we we sort of know like the tech industry is fueled by all these amazing talent. So it really sucks if you think about it. That now it seems like they're even not welcome. And and some of these decision is not just because in in the past, if you you know have have a visa, you can go in and out multiple times. And we are literally reading stories that, you know, even you have a legitimate visa, you may not even let back into the country. And that is scary. Yeah, so that's exactly like what Meng Jing, you just said, right? Like there are some students who are afraid to go home. They're afraid that, like, I mean, in some cases, there might be administrative processes. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, uh, there's uh, basically since the tighter control of the uh, of the uh, visa policy from the Trump, uh, Trump administration, uh, many uh, Chinese students associations at uh, American universities they have already launched a petition to hope that more Chinese students will voice out and uh, to support 
their their petition to against the visa policy. And uh, uh, according to the petition, there's even one case that a student uh, has encountered had encountered a. 18 months long uh, administrative administrative processing, which basically forced him to drop out of the university. And uh, I think it's a really uh, extreme case, but it's 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 not just a, how to say that it's though it's just a, an individual case. I can imagine the uh, the feeling or the pressure uh, of those. Uh, students and their families behind because I I did my master degree in the U uh, in the UK it's not in the US and uh, I I think I I I when I was in the UK I felt I was welcome there because I'm a student and uh, I went there to learn something and also I have my uh, the hope of my family all behind me. So a lot of students uh, I interviewed in the U.S. They, I, I, I can imagine the pressure they are under because their families they, they have all this kind of hope and they, they spend a lot of money on their uh, degrees and uh, somehow, you know, they, they did nothing wrong, but they they're seen as a some kind of spy in the U.S. and uh, and and which may somehow jeopardize their 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 study there uh, and uh, b- basically harm their career, make, the, make them, basically leave them no fewer options. So then they could, maybe before they go to the US, they, they think they have a bright future ahead of them, but now it's just uh, all falling apart. So it's just, uh, I feel very sad and I feel very sorry for them. Mm, yeah, so basically, this is, sounds like, you know, when you say this administrative process, it's like they, they just went home and then suddenly they're just caught in this sort of legal situation where they are unable to go back to the US. Like when they leave the US, it might just to be like to visit family or whatever. And then suddenly they, they, they realize they aren't able to return. Is that what we mean? Yes. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, I think all of this, this whole situation is pretty ironic, right? Because like, I think in the US, like Chinese students make up the largest proportion of international um, students and, of, and oftentimes like the students who do go to the US, like they're going for really sort of top-notch universities. They're really good talent and a lot of them do aspire to work in, in the US, especially I think in artificial intelligence. Like, I think some study recently showed that actually a lot of um, the U.S.'s sort of AI talent actually is made up of Chinese students. So, I like, it just seems really strange to me that the U.S. is is choosing to be suspicious of China, you know, at, at this time when China actually does make up a lot of its talent. Yeah. And, and then on top of that is U.S. actually needs immigrant well the whole whole creation of the nation is really about immigrant to start with um, but also you know, us now have a very very large uh, aging population over 70 million of baby boomers and you know as many of these populations are retiring you really need new blood and you know people are not having multiple babies and it's not just for the chinese or there's many other countries there's there's huge population of mexican immigrant and they are actually you know supporting the country and taking a lot of jobs that americans don't want to take mm-hmm. so in so many sense that i, th- I think what's going on now is not going to do the us any good and and if you know, most of the tech workers end up have to come back to china and you know what china will 
be absolutely be leading in terms of the numbers of talent that is now U.S. trained AI talent is going to go back to China. This is not going to be a good thing for the U.S. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of funny because, you know, like the U.S. on one hand is just you know really wary about the rise of China. You know, like we've seen like what they're doing with like Huawei and like in terms of just generally afraid that like. China is going to, to to steal secrets or steal technology from the U.S. back to China. So they're really wary about the rise of China, but at the same time, you know, does it, they don't seem to be aware that this trickling back of talent is really actually going to affect them in the long run. That's right. I absolutely agree. Meng Jing, so you know, in your interviews with all of these sort of uh, really top-notch Chinese students, do you get a sense that there is going to be a movement where, you know, that maybe they feel like the future in the U.S. is uncertain, and they're looking to eventually move back to China. Yes, uh, uh, absolutely. It's actually before this ongoing trade tension. About eighty percent to ninety percent of the uh, Chinese students who started in the U.S. are already, uh, you know, uh, go back to China after they graduate because uh, it's actually uh, already difficult for them to to have a job in the US uh, traditionally speaking uh, Indian students has more have more chance to to land a uh, land jobs in the US because the culture and also their advantages in 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 language uh, but now with this uh, you know this ongoing situation and uh, a lot of Chinese students think they they are just uh, maybe just a uh, you know, go back to China because you know there are plenty of good opportunities in in China. Uh, there's one student I interviewed uh, who actually who has very lucky to land a job in a unit, some kind of unit in Boeing. So he's already got his his uh, his H one B visa, but he also got an offer from from Xiaomi. You know, the Chinese smartphone major. Uh, before Xiaomi uh, actually went IPO in in Hong Kong, so uh, he told me that uh, you know in the U.S. he he can he can only maybe uh, work out on some kind of product and uh, may, maybe can produce a new product for every three to five years. But I Xiaomi uh, he got a chance to produce a new product. Uh, for every you know three to five months so for a young you know for a young talent like him he he think china present more opportunities for them to practice his you know everything he learned from the u.s and and also the pay is not it's not bad he said the pay offered by xiaomi and uh, offered by boeing are basically the same can you imagine so you you can (laughs) have the pay in the US and live in 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 Beijing so so he he he's he's now uh, work in China a uh, work in Beijing and uh, he he think he he absolutely uh enjoy the you know his work experience here and a lot of Chinese students uh, I, I think they don't want to stay in the US forever they basically just want to have some kind of uh, work experience in the US so that they can have better job offers in China and uh, you know that, that's that's a situation I, I observed from the my trip to the US Edith do you have any thoughts about that I, I absolutely encourage all 
Chinese student in the U.S. to come back to China. <laughs> there is is absolutely the land of golden opportunities, and I think in the U.S. it's very very normal to, if you first you know, enter a tech companies um, as more like a junior person, they definitely will not let you work on a new product or or in charge of anything because they really want you to sort of take on you know small position, work on a particular feature or fixing bugs which I've gone through all of that before to give you like a lot of responsibility and 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 also it's very very true most of the product cycles literally planned out for a year two years long China is very very fast paced just with 996 everything just at least 10 times faster so if you really want to take charge and get as much experience as possible and you're Chinese I think China is absolutely the place to go Mm-hmm. Um, not to necessarily stay in the U.S. Yeah, and like even China themselves, like they they, they know that, uh, like that they, they welcome these talent, right? Like like you know, Monsing, I think you've written also about the Thousand Talents program. I think that's what it's called. Yes. What is this program? Oh, it has become a hush hush program, <laughs> but uh, it's 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 like a uh, Chinese government is um they offer a lot of uh policies to encourage uh those. Uh, highly educated Chinese who, um, you know, who have some kind of uh, uh, experience in the U.S. Uh, but to to go back to China, but uh, the Southern Talent Program are target for, uh, for, I think mostly for professors or assistant professors in 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 the U.S. They have uh, they have some they need to have some kind of patents, and uh, also publish some uh, papers at you know. Uh, high-end journals and uh, also they need to uh, have some really uh, substantial work experience at uh, high-end tech companies in the U.S. Uh, the uh, Chinese government offers them a lot of perks to, 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 to work in China so they can they may have some a lot of money so they can really uh, focus on their on the research they want to do, and also there are some tax cut, and also in 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 some uh, depend really depend on what kind of uh, cities they want to work in China. Uh, different cities have different policies, but they all send a very positive signal. So the signal is very strong. China definitely wants them to come back. Yeah, and like you know, especially these these students, you know, whether or not it's academics or tech talent. Um, like if they have U.S. experience, it's also like they're able to take what they've learned in the U.S. and sort of bring it back to China and, you know, being like somebody who would have then stud- like studied and lived in both countries. Like they're able to sort of bridge that gap and help China to like go global. I, I think that the, the biggest difference between U.S. and China and especially in the tech community, I feel like sometimes... You know, most of my my engineering friends in China, when they think of something, they just do it, just just fail as fast as possible and try a thousand times. You know, at least one time will work. U.S. tend to, when they plan, like in terms of product planning, they actually take a lot of time to to plan and think think through a lot of different steps and almost like more talking before even doing anything. So I'm very sure a lot a lot of times some of my Chinese engineering friends when they come to the US they're like, how come everything is just so slow? And it's really there's no good or bad. It's just a different way of thinking. And sometimes I do 
absolutely encourage my Chinese friends to, hey, why don't we do a little bit more planning before we just start doing? Um, so there's pros and cons for both. Mm. Uh, okay, thank you so much, Mengjing, for coming on to talk about your story. So for those who haven't yet read the story, uh, the headline is, For a growing number of Chinese students, the doors to America are closing. So this story right now is like, it's trending on SCMP. It's our most read story this morning. So definitely check it out. Uh, Mengjing's really great reporting and writing. So Mengjing, I know you're very busy, so I will let you get back to whatever you're working on. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so thanks so much, Edith. Where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Just follow me on uh, on Twitter, Edith Young, E-D-I-T-H-Y-E-U-N-G, or spell exactly the same on LinkedIn as well. So I will find you there. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can also find uh, more about Proof of Capital at proof.fun. That's our new URL, which is awesome. Cool, and as usual, I am Zen Su. You can find me on Twitter at at Zensu, that's at Z-E-N-S-O-O. Also, if you want to read more of our amazing tech content like Mengjing's story today, you can head on to scmp.com slash tech. Finally, if you like our podcast, do rate us five stars on iTunes. We are also available on Spotify and Stitcher. All right, see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>